This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. What is leverage? It's the strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means that they need you and want you just as much as you need them and want them, if not more. That's the difference between getting a 360 record deal and getting an imprint. That's the deal between creating a relationship with the publishing company and getting a publishing deal. You want to bring results. You want to bring a track record. And that's what it's going to take to be successful in the new music industry. That's why we called this show The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. See what we did there? See what I did. see it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The um, genius that came up with that, my good friend and my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he, on the regular, connects you with the pros so you get the opportunity to create relationships with real publishers And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. That's right. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists. And how they do this? They do this by making them discoverable. And they've also created multiple tour opportunities and through the power of big word alert, Digital marketing data. I know that's sexy, but it is if you know what it is. They've attracted a number of investors. Oh, there's that sexiness for their artists. And investors, they're the money people. They ones that invest in the artist. And the investors like the numbers because they know numbers can't lie because numbers can't talk. And you can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's happening, brother? No, man. Just kids are hitting summer. So I think I see every once in a while I see a head bobbing up and down on the trampoline outside uh, uh-huh. from the second story window that I'm near. And hopefully they won't yell too much or my wife won't yell at them because we got all five home right now and it's a kind of rainy day. So, Oh, my Atlanta. So when do they go back to school? You're already thinking uh, about that, right? The clock's ticking. Is it early August or late August? It, it is like mid-August. Uh, one of them's going to do like a summer school, which isn't like when I was growing up, summer school was like punishment. Okay. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't miss too many days or you like whatever you're otherwise in trouble. It's just like some extra schooling. It's a little more fun. So one of them is going to do that. But yeah, the rest of them start like mid-August. Gotcha. So yeah, my wife is like, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to work. Bye. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> not to be too mean when I get back. All right. That's where you're like, so that's where you're like, together to, you know. Like, this who's we, white man? <laughs> That's where you like Tonto, like in The Lone Ranger. Like, who's we, white man? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. When they're surrounded by Indians. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah we're going to, we're going to, something, so like, who's we, white man? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> I'm busy. Uh, no, because that comes back to bite me. So, yeah, that's where she's thankful I'm working from home most days and can, you know, bounce in and out. So what are we going to learn today? So we are going to look at the Billboard Hot Country Songs of the week of May 25th, 2019. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a country chart breakdown. We're really going to dive into the, like the top 15 and we're going to pull out just because, you know, that's what fit on one page. So instead of the 20, I'm just going to go with 15. Cause there that's you go. Enough. And we're going to just pull out some lessons from that. Some, some trends, some things you need to know about that. Like if you want your song to land in the top 15 on billboard country songs, pay attention to this. Yeah. This is what's happening, right? This is what is actually getting there. Yeah, right, right now, right what, now, what which could be different, which eating. could be different by the wintertime, you know? True, true. Yeah, but here's here's a dive into one of them. Well, there you go. Well, before we get into that, let's take care of a little business here. The Climb Podcast is proud to partner with disc makers who've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. And when you're ready to make some CDs, DVDs, or vinyl, which is making a big comeback, or those cool 
USB customized USB things with with cool stuff around them. I like get the coolest hard drives I've ever seen. Go to discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com. It's the only place you need to go. And while you're there, click on the guides and resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and for studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. Right on. And hey, if you haven't joined the climb community, please do so. I think we're pushing dang near close to a thousand. I think cool. so. Yeah. Last time I checked, it was it's it's climbing on up there. Yeah. Every every week we have more people. You gotta ask me let in, we let you in. But it's it's an active community, guys. Like that's otherwise we wouldn't be pushing it. I mean, we wouldn't be telling you about it. We wouldn't be wasting the time. Like, there's people in there asking questions, getting help, going back and forth. Like I just love the activity that's in there. I'm real I'm just real proud of that. And of you and me, Brian. I think we did a good job creating and fostering that kind of community and it's all positive and people are getting results and it's cool. Yeah. And, and you know, the climbers, y'all are making it a great community. We just kind of set up some of the, some of the, you know, where the out of bounds markers are, but y'all got to play the game. So yeah, it's all on them. It's all on them. So that's right. So, so thank you climbers for making a good, a good environment there and a good helpful place. So it's, it's a good place to hang. Yeah. You know what we don't say enough? We should say it right now. It's, I mean, thank you all for spending the time that you spent with us on this podcast. Like you, you, know, you come here and you devote time and we get regular emails about the way certain shows affected you. And, and it means the world to us that you've subscribed and that you've got this kind of attention on it. So thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. With that, make sure if you haven't subscribed, do subscribe, take 30 seconds, leave a five-star rating and review and share it. Tell other people, put it on your social media. If there's one particular episode that kind of like rattled your chain, that was an epiphany for you. Or ticked you off. Yeah. Or yeah, you could, Hey, we'll read even the bad stuff on the air. Don't worry. We're not, <laughs> that's right. We're blessed to have most of the good stuff, but we'll we our haterade. Yeah. Well, we, we do that. Anyway, guys, that all we got to say about that. Let's get into, let's get yes. into this list. All right, so I just pulled the Billboard Hot Country Songs from the week of May 25th, 2019. And so I just started kind of breaking it down. And I I would advise you to do this. This is something that, you know, first time I I did that probably, I was working at Blue Water Music. And I was was not on the creative side. I was in the admin side. So I was working in royalties and administration, doing licensing, that kind of stuff. And Or I was probably just data entry, actually, at that point, uh, just putting in other people's royalty money, you know. And I remember there's a little side project that uh, Brownlee, the the owner of the place. So Blue Water is like a small boutique uh, publishing company. And I don't know if they're as active on the creative side now or mainly doing admin. But at the time, you know, they had some cool writers like Jim Lauderdale and Charlie Steffel and they had oh, Tim Ritchie yeah. and Chris Knight and I think even maybe Casey Bether for a little bit or something. So, you know, a good boutique kind of publishing company, but not one of the majors. They got a lot of cuts and had a lot of success, but they weren't like a Sony ATV or something. You know, they didn't have like a thousand writers. But mm-hmm. he said, hey, Brent, go through the billboard chart, you know, because, of course, the magazine came. Uh, however often it came, you know, every week or whatever to the office. He's like, get a couple highlighters. Every song that the artist co-wrote, highlight in one color. Every song that has a writer on it that wrote at least one other song on that top 40 chart, highlight that in a different color. So basically what you're doing is you're highlighting the artist co-writes and what the kind of the top dogs are doing. You know, they're getting more than one song on the chart. Mm-hmm. Those, that, those others? That's what we're aiming for because it's ah. songs or, you know, it's like, that's kind of your area of opportunity. And boy, <laughs> that chart was pretty colorful. And this is like 2002, 2003, you mm-hmm. know, a long time ago. So it's even more so that way. Now we're going to dive into some of that, but what I'm looking for, and this is part of the fun. I was actually talking, talking to another pro writer yesterday and, and he does some kind of coaching and stuff too. He's like, yeah, you, it's funny. It's like you learn by teaching, you know, it reminds you, of this stuff. People ask you questions or whatever, and you have to respond to it. And it reminds you of the stuff that sometimes you can forget. And, and so I was looking over this going, this is good. Like, this is something I need to be doing my own homework on uh, just to kind of recalibrate. Like, what am I writing? How am I writing? And so it's like, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to share it with the climbers because it's helpful yeah. stuff. So it's analysis. You, you got to do, do a little so, bit of analysis to find out what's, yep. what's going on, what's changing, where the, where the trend's at. Yeah. Yeah. So what it is, I took the top 15 because that's what fit comfortably on my uh, college world note, note paper. And uh, cause top 20 and good enough. I want top 15. So, <laughs> and I broke it down, you know, uh, title artist, songwriters, uh, you know, is it positive? What's the general subject matter? Uh, so like the charge, positive charge, negative charge, you know, what's the charge, subject matter, 
tempo, the point of view, and time frame. And we're kind of look at each one of those. So, so it, we're talking, you know, God's Country by Blake Shelton, Whiskey Glasses, Morgan Wallen, and we'll talk about some of these all the way down to Knocking Boots by Luke Bryan, just climbed to number fifteen. And here we're just going to kind of so starting at one and going down, or starting at fifteen. Well, going? I'm not going to. I think I'm just going to do kind of the overview by these key factors that I okay that gotcha. I look at. And I'm kind of making this up as I go. I mean, I charted it, but how to present it best? We'll figure that out as we go. That's fine. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer, not a teacher. I'm your Huckleberry. All right. So the first thing I looked at is artist co-writes. So this means that the artist is one of the writers on the song. Out of the top 15 songs, nine were artist co-writes. Mm. So, okay, that's something already. So that means there are six on there that, as far as I can see, the artist did not write on. They're outside cuts. They're yeah. outside cut. Well, we'll see. <laughs> you okay. know? All right. Like, is there other stuff going on in there? I mean, that's one more gray that, area. That Brownlee talked about, like, you got the artist co-writes. Because the, so those, everything else is not that song that we can see. Like, we don't know the personal relationships, maybe, or, you know, it's harder to outline that. Like, oh, yeah, this one doesn't have the artist on it, but that writer and that artist are good buddies they've written a bunch yeah. of other stuff together so they had that inside track or oh, oh no but that's a producer wrote it okay but on here it looks like yeah nine out of 15 are the artists co-write so immediately you can say well best shot at the singles i gotta i need to write with an artist yep where most of them are coming right or ashley gorley is <laughs> the other thing ashley has, with ashley gorley because he's doing yeah, everything well he has three songs in the top 15 right oh, now really? as a songwriter so ashley gorley is like he's had God awful amount of number ones. I mean, he's all over the charts. So at this moment, he has three in the top 15. And a couple of notable things about this is two of them are artist co-writes. So mm-hmm. he's in the room with the artist a lot. Rumor by Lee Bryce. He's a co-writer on that with Lee Bryce. And Eyes on You, which is a Chase Rice single. He's, he's writing with Chase Rice. Mm-hmm. So like two of those are already included in the nine out of 15, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other one is an Eli Young single called Love Ain't that Ashley didn't, he didn't write with the artist. Eli Young Ben is not a writer on that, but okay. it's written by a powerhouse writer who can get, you know, his phone's ringing going, Hey, what you got? What's interesting is Ashley wrote love ain't with another writer that has multiple songs on the chart. Ross Copperman. Oh Ross yeah. Two songs love ain't right. Which you wrote with Ashley Gorley. And who's the other writer on that? Let me look that up real quick. Oh, Shane McAnally, another powerhouse. So you got three just killer writers. They're just smoking it, you know, just, getting together and they yeah so that's yeah. they're they got they got the bat phone you know to the yeah. arms yeah and it rings both ways but ross has two songs on there love ain't and then love someone which is brett eldridge which is an artist co-write so ross is also getting the room so half of his songs you know one out of two on the top 15 is an artist co-write the other one is written with two songwriter of the years gonna be hall of fame songwriters Mm-hmm. They get just tons of cuts and Ross gets tons of cuts too. So that's interesting. Then there's another guy that's a little bit newer to the scene that maybe didn't have all the name recognition yet, but he's, he's killing it is Michael Hardy has two songs in the top 15. Oh, wow. Uh, God's country by Blake Shelton and talk you out of it uh, by Florida, Georgia line. Not a bad place to be those two artists. And neither of those are artists co-writes. Okay. I know Hardy is in that tree vibes camp. I think with Florida Georgia line, he writes stuff with like Morgan Wallen. who's also an artist in the top 15. So he's doing Chase the artist co in that thing. group, right? Do what? Isn't Chase Rice in that group too? Is it the same Chase I'm thinking of? Didn't he co-write Cruz? Yeah, I think Chase might be on that. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think Chase is in that world. That's the cat that was in the, he was on Survivor. Yeah. 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 It's that, it's that Chase Rice. Yeah. Yeah. So Hardy, you know, he's on a bunch of stuff right now. Yeah. He's got two out of 15. So the, you know, you say oh, nine out of 15 are artist co-writes and then you got one, two, three other songs are written by a writer that have at least two songs on the charts. So that's up to 11. Now we got four spots left. Yeah. <laughs> that are like, okay, this, these writers only have the one song on the chart and they didn't write it with the artist. Right. like four out of 15. So if you haven't reached for the whiskey yet, I'll take a sip of my coffee. I'll like <laughs> whiskey. All right. So if, if no one's killed themselves yet, we love you. Hang on. There's hope. All right. So, okay. That tells you the, the writing relationships a little bit. Okay. So obviously first lesson is who, how do I start getting in the room with either these big writers or with artists? I, I really, honestly, if you're listening to this show, probably the best chance is to write with the, artists that hopefully will become those artists and mm-hmm. write with those writers that hopefully will become those writers. 
you know, yeah. find your crew and try to rise up together. I mean, it's, it's really difficult to get in a room with Ashley Gorley. Why? Because he's busy writing with Lee Bryce and with Chase Rice and Steve yeah, Rice. The wrong, that's the wrong the goal to shoot for. Yeah. I just, it's not realistic. Like, if you can do it, great. I did these video interviews uh, called The Hang over at, at freddy.com, F-R-E-T-T-I-E. And I was, I was talking to uh, I was talking to a pro writer, and, and you'll see it over there if you go over there to the members area. But he said you know, a lot of what his publisher does is try to find, is try to set up great rooms, he calls them. Mm-hmm. You know, get the right writers in the right room. Like he's, he's a writer and he also produces, but trying to get him with an artist or with a producer or with someone that's in a, you know, it's like try to make the room make sense where it's, you can see like, okay, based on who we have in the room here, not only do our skill sets complement each other and hopefully we'll become more than the sum of its parts, but also then you have that other kind of leverage of maybe there's an artist in the room or the producer in the room where it's a, it's a shortcut to a cut. Right. Yeah. And so he's, you know, so we talked about it like this, this guy and I haven't written together, but we're both pros. We've both gotten cuts and stuff and we're just getting to know each other recently. Someone new I just met within the past year and just, you know, I've hung with him just a little bit. He's like, yeah, we should get together and write. I'm like, yeah. He's, and we both had that moment of like looking going, yeah, we just need to figure out how to get the room right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and knowing that like, okay, well, we both have had success as writers and have success, but what's that other element? Like, that's kind of like, okay, that's, that's great, but that's not super sexy anymore. Right. You know, just Who's like a ride with a pro. One that's gonna help a great ride with a pro. That's a great ride. We might get a cool song. It's not really sexy enough. What other mix can we add to the room to make it a great room? Instead of just a good room that will produce probably a really good song that is going to fight it out for one of these four spots that are left. Doesn't mean go. it has to be an artist, but maybe someone that's in that artist camp or maybe, you know, some other, you know, there are many ways that you can make a great room. It's just interesting. That's what we're talking about. I mean, I have other writers that I've had cuts with and had success with, but just as the nature of the industry changes, we just haven't gotten together in a while. Why? Because it's, we make it a great song, but it's not necessarily a great room. Like I'm a pro, he's a pro. Mm-hmm. Not super sexy right now. Like it used to be just to write with another pro where you may just write something great. Can I add to that? <laughs> yes, please. Cause that's depressing. Let's make it a little less depressing. I, I, all right. Instead of focusing on Music Row, instead of focusing on Ashley Gorley, instead of focusing uh-huh. on, you know, all these artists that are on the chart right now, mm-hmm. if you're not here, uh, first of all, all these, hardly any of these artists and hardly any of the producers that make that great room and hardly any of the other songwriters like Ashley, like Shane McAnally, like these guys, hardly any of them were born and raised in Nashville. True. They came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They came from a faded map dot. Yeah. They came from, a, you know, their version of Delvin, Wisconsin, where I came from. Yeah. Where I came from. Yeah. 8,000. Yeah. So, because you, you touched on it before, Brent, which made me think about this. It's about coming up with your class, right? And, and, mm-hmm. get it in and then figuring out like who you can write with. And then the rungs start to change the more effective that you are. Mm-hmm. But step one is you got to get in the game, right? You got to start writing on a regular basis. You've got to be, you've got to be focusing on it. You're going to get results from the things that you focus the most about. Mm-hmm. Think about, even if you have a day job that you hate, think about how much productivity that you created that job. Why? Because you're there 40 hours a week. Right. And, and, and you're loving it. You play hurt. Even if you had a bad day and a five week right. ride that morning, you show up. That's right. You show up. That's so, what a professional does. And I can tell you, like, just from Delavan, Wisconsin, like, you know, there, there's Elkhorn, there's these little towns that, you know, were in like my high school sports league, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are the towns that we played against. They all had musicians in them. And yeah. I knew them all because I was on the scene, right? And some of them I've been in bands with before. And I figured out that guy's a good writer. I like writing with him. And that's guy I don't like writing with him. And, and this is in high school, right? In yeah. high school, man. This is, I mean, this is like small potato stuff, but you know what? Like that, my band came out of that. My band came yeah. out of that. At one point with a former singer, we had like a little bit of interest from Geffen Record when we were a little harder core metal. And then, you know, you know the story with us going mm-hmm. down the, with Almond Brothers, but we come up, right? Because mm-hmm. why these are the people that are also putting the time and effort into it in your small town. Those mm-hmm. are the people that are going to maybe end up being the Ashley Goyle that moves to Nashville because they're like, you know what? I, I need to step it up now, but you're yeah. going to find your artists that want to play in the sandbox. You're going to find other writers that want to play in the sandbox. They are there in your small town. 
you know, the world is a small town because yeah. of the online stuff. I mean, you can go into groups like Freddie, where tonight we're having a co-writer cafe. It's an online Zoom meeting where if you're a Freddie subscriber, you can hop on, get FaceTime with other Freddie members that are looking for co-writers. And we'll break up into breakout rooms where for like 10 minutes each, like you and maybe two other writers. You can do that on Zoom? That's oh yeah, really breakout cool. rooms. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play. I'll have some ideas. And oh, uh, so yeah, so everyone comes in, however many Freddie subscribers want to show up and meet co-writers. We all come in, I talk a little bit about co-writing, and then I'm like, all right, gonna break y'all up and I hit the random breakout room generator thing and pops them out into groups of whatever I decide, like two or three people, and they mm-hmm. just chat and hang out like privately for 10 minutes. If they dig each other, they can share contact info or just talk about, Hey, what kind of stuff you write? I write this stuff. Where are you at? I'm this stuff. It's like and speed dating. For exactly. Except you're not actually riding. You just get to know each other. And yeah. then I bring them all back in. We shuffle the deck and send them out again with a different crew. And so you might meet and get to hang out so with cool. like two different people or whatever during that hour. And some people came back in going, Hey, we started something. I'm like, you were just there for like 10 minutes. Like, yeah, we're fired up, you know? And it's a way to meet people. And, and so in this world, they don't have to be, down the street or the next town over and they don't have to be on music row like you know for you to get in the game and to start flexing that muscle and Mm -hmm. to start you know what to start making mistakes right because that's how you get better just start going and not even worrying about the mistakes and just write and write 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 and then you grow you grow you can't help but grow Mm -hmm. if you you put time into it yeah but you know in the back of your mind keep in mind that okay this is the kind of the nature of the beast Mm-hmm. So keep your eye out for that artist. That could be that artist or that writer. could be that writer. And, and hopefully yeah. he'll be that writer too. There's uh, something to learn from that local artist. Okay. Writing with them, a good experience that you can have with them, a horrible experience that you can have with them. There's a lesson for you to learn. That's going to prepare you for when you get the at bat with the bigger artist, mm-hmm. with someone yeah. who's maybe a little bit closer to making it happen. You're going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to wear that orange hat because I know that that reminds this guy who's an outlaw. <laughs> prison and i know better because i had this experience you know what i mean like you gotta or be like oh wow i've learned that this singer they think about what their fans will like so therefore i need to think about what their fans will like if i bring that then i bring what they will like there you go stuff that comes from experience if you're right with something how to deal with them and how to deal with like an artist mentality yeah Mm -hmm. i mean there's there's psychology that goes in there so so guys i'm just saying it's worth every minute that you spend just getting out there and doing it you you're gonna learn Mm-hmm. I grow. All these people, Michael Hardy wasn't on the chart well, a couple of years ago. Yep. I know of. I don't even know who he is. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's still fairly new, but he's killing it. Ashley Gorley wasn't always on the charts. Ross Copperman wasn't always on the charts. Yeah. They broke in. Yeah. Okay. At one point they they came from like let's let's look at where I they I think from. Ashley Gorley came from Kentucky or something and yeah. was fresh off the truck and was like, yeah. I don't know anybody. He didn't wake up one day and said, you know what? I could be a policeman. Or an astronaut, or a song. I'm going to do songwriter. So let's move to Nashville. No, he started writing songs, whatever town he was from, and DJing and, and doing that whole thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't just like you know one day I think I'm just going to get in the room with Lee Bryce. Yeah. No, he worked his way there by That's writing a great song. But we broke into a lot of other stuff down too, or I did. So let's let's dive into that because time's already ticking. Positive love, right? If you get those tip sheets that say what the artists are looking for, a lot of it positive, up tempo, love. Mm-hmm. Well, positive love songs, 10 out of 15. Mm. Uh, now, there's some caveats to this, which is interesting because I'm like, oh, I would have thought more songs would be positive love. Positive lost love <laughs> is another category, uh, 3 out of 15. So now we're up to 13 out of 15. And then positive life songs are 2 out of 15. So you got, and by positive love song, that's just like, hey, I love you, girl, or I love that girl. You know, positive. It's good. Right. Positive Lost Love, the examples of that on this chart in the top 15 are Whiskey Glasses, Morgan Wallen, which is a heartbreak song. Like, I need a drink and get drunk to get over her. I, you know, if I'm yeah, gonna I need to look myself, at the world through whiskey glasses. I need to look at the world through whiskey glasses. So it's a, it's a heartbreak drinking song, but it feels so good that you feel good when you listen to it, you know? Yeah. So you don't, it's, doesn't, it's not a crown in my beer song. It's a party in my beer song. It's a different thing. Like, yeah, it's, a heart, it's heartache, but with a beat, and it feels good. It's heartache with along. a beat and a tempo, and it feels and it good. feels good. Like yeah, he's hurting, but it feels so good. Hurts so good, right? Yeah, like John, like hurt John so Cougar good. said, hurts so good. Right, and so that's an important thing to think. Okay, so another one is "Beer Never Broke My Heart," a Luke Combs. Yeah, I might have heard of him. Long neck, ice cold, cold beer, beer never, never broke, broke my heart. heart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
First, we're just talking about like, you know, he's had some fish break his fishing line and football team or whatever that broke his heart, but beer never did. And then the second verse talks about this girl that broke his heart, but beer never did. So it's, you know, it's really a drinking song more so than a lost love song, but that is a broken heart thing. So it does have that element of that girl broke my heart, but really it's like, it's a, it's a party song. It's a feel good drinking song. So it's, you can't call it a positive love song. It's a positive beer song. (laughs) So we got two positive beer songs, all right? Two positive drinking songs. That's right. So they feel good. And then the other one is Kelsey Ballerini, I Miss Me More. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I left you, but I'm empowered. Like, oh, I thought I'd miss you. I miss me more. So there's a positive lost love song. It's the positive lost love song. Like, I'm not sad about this. I'm empowered. I'm moving on. I'm better because we broke up. And then the two positive life songs are God's Country, Blake Shelton. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a life song. It's about country lifestyle and that kind of stuff. But it, it feels good and it feels positive and it's one you want to sing along to. So it's not a downer life song. And then Girl by Marin Morris. It's empowering. It's, it's inspiring to girl, keep your head up kind of thing. So it's coming from a dark place, but it's looking to the light. You know, so all these songs, all 15, no downers. They're all yeah. meant to lift you up in some way. Yep. Huh. Not a single. That's more downer. than a trend, I think. That is more. Yeah, that is a thing. Out of fifteen. That's uh, a, fifteen out of fifteen. Okay. That's an intentional direction. That is not. It didn't just happen by accident, people. <laughs> None of these songs are trying to make you cry. Yep. They're all meant to lift you up in some, or get you lift up a glass, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Wow. That's uh, so. If you're writing a bunch of tear in my beer songs, just be aware. Do your homework. You might be bringing a blue solo cup to a red solo cup convention. Not that those things can't get cut, but well, look at the top 15 right now. Hey, can I ask you a question? Just, just a little side note. It's a little off topic, but kind of not. So all the work that you did at the publishing company, looking Uh at that chart, is there any, and I'm honestly asking, is there any kind of correlation between like right now? I mean, we've got a good economy. We've got records being set on Wall Street. We've mm-hmm. got low unemployment. Like everybody's got a job. Everybody's making money. And it's all these positive, like upbeat, cool songs. Mm-hmm. Like when we go into big recessions and mm-hmm. which are cyclical, yeah. this isn't a politics thing. Like they have on every sitting president. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. They, yeah. they come in. But like when the economy's bad and stuff like that, do, do we go for more of the sad songs? I'm just curious. That's a good question. The one thing I would say is like around the Iraq war, you had a lot more in 9-11, you had a lot more patriotic songs. Mm -hmm. You had your traveling soldiers and you had only in America and we'll stick a boot up. Yeah. So you had more kind of heavy stuff or positively patriotic because people dealing with that stuff or letters Mm -hmm. from home, John Michael Montgomery. So you had a lot more of that stuff than you have right now when that's not as much of a, in the public consciousness and and a big, of course it's still, we, we have, men and women overseas serving and that's a big deal to their families but it's not as much in the national spotlight as much right now and you don't get as much yeah. on. so i think in those kind of times yeah you can see those cycle back around but you know it's like also when times are tough people think about that all day long and so now's a good time to party Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
right? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, in what sense? You know, through the 80s, right? It was uh-huh. took a couple of years in the decade of the 80s to get it fired up. But once it got fired up and the hairband thing was all party, good times, blah, blah, blah. And uh-huh. then we got into the 90s and, uh, you know, 1987 happened on Wall Street. There was some corrections that were starting to happen uh-huh. and, and it, it just started to veer more towards the gritty, uh-huh. real stuff. And yeah. I'm just curious if that happens in country too. I'm just, I just wondered if you noticed the trend. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't know. I don't know because... On one hand, you look at it that, yeah, when times are tough, people want an escape from real life. I want to hear about it on the radio. I deal with it all day, unemployment and blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's like. But, but we did hear to, about it, though. But I mean, but, but you, yeah, you, I mean, you country's that, always been the, more. The, the terrorist attacks, right? Because on that note, we had the dot-com crash in mm-hmm. 1999 with a cyclical recession that was coming anyway. Mm-hmm. And the cherry on top was, was the damn terrorist attacks yeah yeah so all that was like it took a while for us to shake that off yeah mm-hmm. a number of years and you're right it was a little bit more meaty uh, meat on the bone mm-hmm. lyrically kind of stuff yeah but even if you say like uh what the 2008 housing bubble and, yeah. and that stuff yeah like in that around the time like bro really blew up like in country something like that, I mean, about 10 years ago or stuff that, you know, you wouldn't, I'd have to look back at it to see. I mean, I know like, I know in the bar business, right? Because I mean, if you're out there touring and you're playing in the bars, you're not in the music industry, you're in the bar business and you got to understand that business to be a student of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know that when times are really good, people are out drinking and having a good time. Mm -hmm. When times are really, really crappy, people are out drinking, having a good time. And it's right when it's right in the middle, when the bar business suffers when they're not sure which way it's going to go. But yeah. if it's like really good or really bad, the bar business is, is crushing it. So I'm just curious. Like, Well, that's kind of how I would think too. Like I was saying, if, if times are really bad, I want to turn on some music for an escape. Mm-hmm. And when times are really good, I want to turn on some music to celebrate. Some yeah. like fun stuff. Okay. Yeah, maybe in the middle you have more to play with on either side because you, you, it's good enough that you can, you can suffer some in your music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Great thing about what we're doing now that's not on the the charts, people can find what they want because of streaming and and different stuff, is that those people that want that hurting stuff, you can you can build a career on that. It may not be on the radio consistently, but those people can find you when they need you. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't, right. you don't have to wait on the radio to play you or MTV to play you, which so that's kind of a cool thing. All right, basically no downers. So we got a lot of artist co-writes and no downers in the top fifteen. Okay, so let's look at tempos. So up tempo is only two out of fifteen. I listed uh, love ain't and love someone. So Eli Young and Brett. are considered up tempo. It's to my ears. I'm not okay. getting. I'm not charting the BPMs and I just like okay. to me that like those had the most energy. Nine out of 15 were mid-tempos to my ears. And this is, you know, this is very, to me, anyway, very subjective on what tempo is. Because it's like country music and death metal. You right. know, it's not big dance music. Well, but the time signature makes a difference in the way that you do it. Like, I know when we're in the studio cutting, and we do this all the time with, with the song demos and stuff like that, that, you could have the tempo, but if it's long bars versus short bars, like, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, don't forget, fellas, that's only two bars, that's not four. It might feel like four but mm-hmm. it's only two, you know what I mean? So it's relative, right? So it really yeah. is, to your point, just about how it feels. And yeah, and I think mid-tempo is a sort of up-tempo way of delivering the, the ballady thing, but getting yeah. away with it. Uh, that's the thing is, yeah, so mid-tempo is, you know, 9 out of 15. And ballad or groove would be like Beautiful Crazy, which is probably the most ballad song, but it went number one, Luke Combs. And so that's kind of the kind of the slowest kind of traditional ballad, really the only one I feel like in the top 15. The other stuff is more like groove. You have Speechless, Dan Shade, but that's like a big romantic ballad, Soren Melody and that kind of thing. So that's slower as well. Then you have like good. So Luke Combs got two in the top 15 right now? Yeah, two in the top five at the moment. So I'm just going Beer Never Broke My Heart at number three and Beautiful Crazy at number four. It's a vulgar display of power. That is a vulgar display of beard. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you have you know, Beautiful Crazy and Speechless. And then the other two are Kane Brown and Florida Georgia Line with Good As You and Talk You Out Of It, which are like R&B groove. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, it's ballad, but man, it just grooves, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so even those two out of four, Talk You Out Of It talks about a Luther Vandross song. It's an R&B thing, and yeah. Good As You is definitely an R&B. The furniture and the lyrics is R&B, even with it's the groove. Like the vibe like, and groove yeah. is. Yeah, so it's like, all right, I mean, is that a ballad? I, I guess, you know, it's not a mid-tempo, toe-tapping, slow-dance song. I guess I would look at it, slow-dancing. Yeah. But it, it grooves. It doesn't just like sit there. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. And talk you out of it's like, I mean, the lyrics on that are real sexy. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. Like it's the dress. I, wanna t- I love that dress, but I want to talk you out of it. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe I talked you into it. Now I want to talk you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're make out songs, you know? Yeah. And so everything pushes the tempo. So if you're writing a ton of ballads, like sincere, like ballads, not even like big power ballads, boy, you're aiming at a small, small window of opportunity. And I mean, not for nothing, but what, just the way that you talked about the previous song title challenge you talked about going through and doing the song title challenge on some of your oldest titles and mm-hmm. how you're getting like breathing new life into these songs you're like i hadn't thought about it that way yeah, but you've had that title forever now. it got a little stale you uh-huh. know it was dead to you i think it was the term that you used yeah. uh-huh. and now it's like exciting well man you know you can take your back like if you're one of those writers it's always writing from the heart and but everything's like slow and blah 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 man what if you just stepped it up a little bit put a little bit on that and read yeah think it right yeah. and then what happens like it could if be you step away from it a little bit to get that kind of emotional distance and go what if i just groove this out you know four yeah. on the floor on this and but here's a real good example like if you're if you're having a hard time getting your head around what we're talking about go listen to natalie Brulia's big hit which is torn torn and then listen to the original the songwriter's original version the songwriter's original version is the singer songwriter flesh from bone you know mm. i don't think i'm torn i'm all out of faith this is how i feel and it's just like oh i mean it, she makes you weep right like yeah, you're like good. oh my lord it's good but it's slow dark brooding like it's mm. it's dark and then this producer just you know, and just puts a beat to it, man. And it becomes, it, yeah. And CC. So and you could have some, I, I just think as a songwriter, don't get in your own way. You know what? At the very, it's a, it's a creative, fun little exercise. You've mm-hmm. got to tell anybody anything. Just go see what happens and see yeah. how it makes you feel after you listen to it a hundred times. A Let's put it this way. Cry when you write, dance when you produce. That, right? There you go. So Ooh. feel free to cry. I oh, know I just came up. Oh, that's, that's good. Hold so on. I'm can, writing that down. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can feel those emotions and go there and, you know, write as a ballad to get that out and get that depth and that heart in there. But then it's like when it's time to start, you know, producing or really before you do that, then you step away and go, now it's time to make a record. <laughs> you know, even if it's the demo or just your songwriter version of it, now it's time to dance. Let's, what kind of beat can we put to this? And hopefully you end up with the best of both worlds. Johnny yeah. Writing that down, I saw your pencil move. I, I t- totally wrote it down. Like I think I might, I think I might just make that into a. It's definitely going on my social media, for sure. <laughs> I, was for, I was looking for something profound, and that was it. Word man, good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm writing it down too. All right, so that's the deal. Yeah, tempo. Push your tempo. You don't want to break it. You know, a song like "I Drive Your Truck." If they try to make that a dance number, it would have broken it. That's Meaning, right. Like the emotion and stuff, it would have. So you got to be aware of that. But you also just you play. Play with it and just realize. But yeah, that's it. Play with it. That, that's my thing. Just play with it. Just go mm-hmm. try it faster. Try a couple different things. See what happens and just go down that road. And you can always go back. Yeah. You always version. have your original version. We don't tape over things these days. Yeah. I mean, so as a producer, I mean, I worked with this great singer from Canada named Haley, and she came down with a song, and I needed a little bit of heavy lifting on it, just mm-hmm. structure wise. Like it was a little, it was a little atonal. Right. It was mm-hmm. a beautiful song, a beautiful lyric, a beautiful melody, but just structure wise, it was just a little fatiguing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was always on this one note kind of a thing that she mm-hmm. was coming to. So she sent me the work tape and then we did the heavy lifting and she let, she played in the sandbox with me. She just went down that row with me because she trusted me. God bless her. Mm-hmm. And we did a couple little changes on chords, which changed the melody a little bit, but mm-hmm. it certainly changed the feel a lot, right? Yeah. I'm saying this because I know as songwriters, this is what's happening, right? Psychologically, you're like so bought into the way that you wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, it, and you're making up stories in yourself. Well, I, this is the way I write and this is what I do. And, and yeah. nobody can tell me how to do it differently. And you got all kinds of stories of why you're not going to do the work and just try to be a little more vulnerable. Here's what we did. So over the phone from Canada, we, we work out the whole new thing. And I'm like, are you digging this? Okay. I'm not, you know, cause the, the rule is it's her money. She can do whatever she wants to do. Right. But yeah. I'm, my job is to present some things that I feel and it's a collaboration mm-hmm. and you can use these or not use these. It's up to you, but just try them for me. That's all I'm asking. And she's like, okay, she went right along with it. And then she created another work tape. And I said, now when you're driving down to 
Nashville because they came here to cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just listen to that one. I want you to listen to it like at least 10 times in a row before you listen to the first one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just listen to that. Just get, get used to it. It, it, okay? it, 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 yeah. It's foreign, right? No matter what, it's going to be foreign. So you've got to get familiar with it and then go back and listen to the other one. And I said, and then whatever one you want to do is the one we're going to do. And we'll, I'll produce the fire out of it, you know, but, mm-hmm. but this is what we're going to do. And sure enough, she came down. She's like, no. And she actually took what we did and added one more thing to it with just a melody, just a note that she hit on this, or mm-hmm. maybe it was the chord, but it was just one little tweak that was beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I I encourage her to go to this other place, and this one it was just one little part of a song. It just seems insignificant now, but it was everything, you know. Yeah, it was huge. There it is, just messing around with a little more up tempo than what she was singing it. Like a little, you know, we did, did a couple changes, and mm-hmm. now she's got. Now they're going to radio with that song up in camp. Awesome, cool. So so guys, just just be free, just be free, and play yeah. around with it, and and get, and get it used to it, and then decide which one you like better. You know, we don't want to, uh, was Henry Ford said, they can buy any color car they want as long as it's black. That's right. I think a lot of songwriters are like that though, you <laughs> yeah. know, because they maybe don't know how to do it. They don't have a tool set to be like, oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay yeah. to have five different versions of this song and just that's, see what you want to do. That's why God made drum machine. And there's so many drum machine apps and oh, that kind of stuff. So there's no, you know, there's yeah. no excuse. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Moving on to the next thing is point of view, which is like who's singing to who, right? Okay. So, Nine out of 15 songs, so this nine out of 15 shows up quite a bit, it seems like, is me singing to you. Me singer singing to you, listener. Me, Kelsey Ballerini, singing to you, my ex-boyfriend. Or me, Kane Brown, singing to you, the girl I love. I want to be just as good as you, right? Yeah. So I've heard Ralph Murphy say, it's a beautiful way to invite the listener in because you're singing to you, the listener. Mm -hmm. So the singer's going, hey, you. You're like, yes. (laughs) You know, you're inviting them in to the song. So, yeah. So nine out of 15 are I love you. I mm-hmm. don't, I thought I'd miss you, but I miss me more, you know? So it's me and you stuff. Mm-hmm. First person. Yeah. First person. Right. So three out of 15 is me singing about her. And these are actually me singing about her because it's mostly guys. And actually that's something I forgot to chart. I need a chart, but so whiskey glasses, cause she's probably making out on the couch right now with someone new singing mm-hmm. about the girl. Beautiful. Crazy is she's beautiful. Crazy. And then look what God gave her, Thomas Rhett. Look mm-hmm. what God gave her. So you got three and two of those are positive songs, which I was a little surprised by. I guess if you're like, look what God gave you, that would be weird. So that has to be her, right? Look what God yeah. gave you, girl. And then it could have been like, you're beautiful, crazy, but you know, he's telling the listeners stuff about her that she would already know. So it makes sense he's talking about her because of the way what he's telling us. It'd be weird if you tell someone what they already mm-hmm. know about themselves is kind of weird. And whiskey glasses is like, I ain't going to sing it to her. I'm singing to the audience about her, you know, so let's fill them up, fill them up or whatever. So that's three out of 15, which leaves us with three more. And this is what I call me singing to the world or like the soapbox or the manifesto song. Mm-hmm. So the singers just singing, it's like an open letter to anybody, not right. to someone in particular. And really kind of whiskey glasses is kind of that way too. She so could kind of go four out of 15. Or even Beautiful Crate. I mean, really, those songs are... Anyway, you got God's Country, which is just like Blake giving a manifesto about... That's why they call it God's Country. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about this country. Whatever. And Beer Never Broke My Heart is just singing to whoever's listening. And then Girl is to a female audience, but it's to any, any girl that needs it. Yeah. Not a you know, you're not singing to a particular person. So really, all the ones that aren't directly me, you, are kind of soapbox. But usually I think of soapbox being more like, this is my thoughts on life. This is my manifesto. This is what's important to me, or this is who I am as an artist. Guys like me do things like this. Right, People like right. us are from places like this. And like a lifestyle, like a way of thinking, like a way of yeah, acting. it's really good for branding. Mm-hmm. God's country. Yeah, it's branding. Blake's like, when I die, put me six feet down in God's country. You know, who's he singing to? He's not actually singing to the people that are going to bury him. He's singing just to the world. You're standing on a soapbox on a busy corner, just yelling out what you believe and what's important to you. Yeah. Beer never broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's or, girl, true. don't you let your head hang low. Don't you lose your halo. Come on, girl. You're standing with the sign on the soapbox on the corner going, girl. Yeah, yeah those, those are one to many songs. They're, it's they're... Like one to many. It's one to the world. It's an open letter. Yeah. It's a soapbox. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. Like, it's mostly me, you. Especially, you know, and most of those me, you are all positive love songs. Because remember, we don't have a downer in the bunch. That's right. 
So even if you're talking about the girl, most of the time it's it's positive. It may not be positive about the girl, but in the case of whiskey glasses, but it still makes you feel so good. So we're yep. all like, yeah, she's terrible. Take a drink. You know? <laughs> Woo. Yeah. And then you have just talking to the world about stuff that you believe about what God's country is and how great beer is and girl be empowered. Yeah. Oh, so your manifesto. And then the last thing is time frame, which is, is this one of those three act plays that takes place over? Here's a story from my childhood course. Here's a story from my teenage years course. Here's a story about me now course, or it's all forward focus, or this is all past tense or whatever. 15 out of 15, all these songs are like in the moment. Right now. Meaning there's an immediacy. It's right now. So you're like God's say that, country. Say that one more time. Say that number one more time. 15 out of 15 of the top 15 on Billboard's Hot Country songs are in the moment. Meaning there's an immediate happening right now. Did you catch that? Did everybody hear that? Yes. So it's not, I mean, like beer never broke my heart. He's talking about, I've had some fish break my line and I've had some football teams break my heart. So that's, you know, something happened in his past, but he's telling you the listener right now. Yeah. It's not like I was 15 and there was this, I was sitting on the river, you know, bank and the fish broke, you know, the line and it broke my heart, but beer never did. Yeah. It's, no, it's like, here's a snapshot. Here's a snapshot. And I've had it's this conversational. Had it's like you're having that conversation oh, with him at a bar right now. Yeah, yeah. If you're at a party and he's like, what, what you drinking? I got whiskey. What do you got? Beer. Why? Beer never broke my heart. Yeah. I've had fish break my line and that girl from South Carolina and blah, 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 but beer never wrote, you know, it's just, yeah, it's super conversational, beautiful, crazy. He's telling you about this girl, man, she does this and she does that. And she's this way and she's beautiful, crazy. And good as you, Kenny Brown talking to the girl right now, you're this way and you're that way. I'm never gonna be as good as you or whatever. And even eyes on you that Chase Rice sing is like, yeah, remember that time we went down to the beach and blah, 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 blah. And that it could have been, we might as well stay in the room because everywhere we go, everywhere, everything we do, no matter what it is, I, girl, I got my eyes on you. Mm-hmm. The verse is a little more past tense, like, hey, remember this? And But then that chorus brings it present, like, no matter where we go, no matter what we do. Yeah. Whatever, I got my eyes on you. Yeah. Boom. So that's a very much like present. I've been to the Grand Canyon, I, I never saw it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was looking at you. I was looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of a vibe, yeah. Exactly. And so it's very, yeah, it's conversational. It's very conversational. Love ain't is like, you're going through this and you're sad about it, but whatever, love ain't, you stand on the, corner in your new dress all alone love ain't whatever because he ain't picking up his phone come on i'll show you what love is you know because he can only show what love ain't he's very much in the in the moment right rumor is like him talking to the girl right now and so present tense is yeah it's what's it's what's going on right now huh those those (laughs) are the solo cups that they're selling a 15 out of 15 no room for another point of view at, at this particular time in the marketplace that yeah, could change I'm not saying you can't get months. one cut and not that it won't change but man right now it's right now yeah and so let's do this do a quick on the fly count up here so i'm gonna count the uh, the male artist versus female artist so so real quick before you do yeah. that though we were talking about just taking some of your sappy slow ballads and mm-hmm. and turning them into just playing with them trying to do them up tempo man go through and i'll tell you this just as songwriters because I, I deal with it all the time I'll bet you, first of all, you got a lot of mixed tenses going on where mm-hmm. you're in the past and then you're in the future and then you're in the now. And it's like kind of all over the place because you haven't paid attention to that. But even if you have paid attention to that, go just go back and relook at some of the lyrics that you wrote and mm-hmm. make, make them all present tense. What happens? Like uh, it, you got nothing to lose just to play around with it, see if it feels better. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like it, what a great little interesting exercise. It may not work on all of the songs, but. Right. You won't know until you try it, until you put some effort into it and think about it. And then you never know where it's going to go. So, so do that. I think it's a good thing. Go ahead. Yeah. So then I just did a quick check of male artist versus female artist. And 13 out of 15 artists are male and two out of 15. I was going to say Kelsey female. and and Kelsey Marin. And Marin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just kind of looking at the, at the songs, because some songs can be gender neutral. Like you could write them and go, a guy could sing this or a girl could sing this. God's country, it's very kind of testosterone so it would be a rare Gretchen Wilson kind of artist who could cut that female. Right. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe kind of Miranda, but it's, it's definitely a male vibe. Whiskey glasses about her. It could be him. You know, you could change that. Maybe it could be like a really redneck kind of girl thing. Beer never broke my heart. Second verse is all about a girl. Beautiful crazy is all about a girl. Good as you. Uh, possibly I'd have to listen to it again. He was one of the writers on it. The artist was Kane. Eyes on you. Yeah, it feels total male perspective. Look what God gave her. Yeah. Male song. Love ain't, I mean, come about new dress and that kind of stuff. So it's definitely a male point of view song rumor. I have to look at it to see if that's something like a really soulful Bonnie Raitt basically already did this song, but 
could do that kind of thing. Speechless is a definite male point of view. Talk you out of it, definitely a male point of view. Mm -hmm. Love someone, maybe I'd have to look at that again and see if you could write that male or female. And then knocking boots is definitely just more of a male point of view. I guess who's knocking boots? Luke Bryan. So that's maybe something a little bit more that a girl could do. That's a little more risque or whatever. So mainly, mainly male point of view songs for male singers, which is what it is. I mean, I'd, I'd like to have more balance on there. I'm just a fan of great stuff. So I just want to hear great stuff. And as a songwriter, like you might have an opinion about this, but you're not going to change the world and you're not going to change the marketplace. Mm -hmm. The artist that becomes popular, like the the girl artist, the next girl artist becomes so popular. Like she's number one on everything. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, it's cool to people like Mm -hmm. us sign artists that are girls because that's what's happening. You know, and it just sort of changes the marketplace. So, so don't be so protective of it. That's not your cross to bear. As the songwriter who's looking for other cuts, what Mm -hmm. you need to do is be writing for the market and then be prepared for when you start to see that artist happen for something that that is Mm -hmm. dear to your heart. Like maybe more women should be on that chart. You'd be right. I would agree with you. I'm sure Brent would agree with you. But man, I I hear that so many times with with songwriters Mm -hmm. sort of misplacing, well, this is what I'm I'm only writing these kinds of songs because that's what I want to do. And it's like, okay, well, you're not going to do it. Even if it's your song that Mm -hmm. does it, it's not going to be you that does it. It's going to be the artist. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to get the spotlight and the heat. So, so write for them now and Mm -hmm. and be intentional about this. That's the purpose of this whole episode right now. It's like, just be a student of the game and know what's going on and get out of your own way. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you can get a little bit more love at these publisher meetings and stuff. Cause they realize that you're onto the pulse of what's happening right now. Let the market do what the market's going to do. Yeah. And I look at it writing female songs, kind of like I do ballads. The bar is just a lot higher because like Kelsey and and Marin wrote their own songs and maybe it's partly a vicious cycle because now they have to write their own singles because most writers in a room aren't just writing a bunch of female songs because they're like, no, no one, there aren't many cuts that be had. So therefore it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy or vicious cycle that, well, they have to write their own stuff. But Marin's a writer. I mean, and Kelsey's a writer. I mean, so there are other songs out there, but I kind of look at it like I do a ballad. It just has to be that much more special to go, well, let's devote a day to this. And to, especially to like demo, because there just aren't that many plays. There, there, if you look on the, you know, the pitch sheet, there's, it's still male dominated, but there are a lot more females. They're just not in the top 15. Right. The right. newer artists, people are trying to break them. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they will. And, and really if you're, I mean, I'd still be thrilled to have a cut by a brand new female artist that no one's heard of and may not crack the top 40 because my job is to get cut. So I'd be happy to, you know, get one in the game with a new female artist. I mean, I'd take that all day long. That'd be great. And then hopefully you're there if she does take off. But either way, it cuts a cut and cuts are good things. So it's, you know, this isn't necessarily indicative of the ratio as a whole, but it's probably not a whole lot far off. But as far as, yeah, your most successful artists right now are are male. But that stuff ebbs and flows. But yeah, the way I look at it is like, it's just got to be really great. Just think about the stage of the game that you're at. You know what I mean? Like there's Mm -hmm. certain plays that that are going to have a lot more impact on the game in the last four minutes of the game than if you had the same play Mm -hmm. in the first four minutes of the game. Yeah. Like you got to save them. All I'm saying is just be pragmatic about it. Be practical, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, if you write a first person, male, uplifting, up-tempo song, you're targeting 95% of the top 15, right? Yeah. So it's a much, much wider net. Do that to get in the game. And then yeah. go chase that windmill when you start getting some relationships with other people and you all of a sudden you meet at a party and there's Kelsey Ballerini like you know what I got a song for you that's like for women and it's gonna be awesome and you know then then you can change the game but don't let that some sort of false pretense or whatever keep you be your excuse to not succeed Mm. just just get in just get in get in there I've heard Jesse Alexander and she's you know successful female writer she's a great artist as well but you know she goes in she just assumes she's writing a male song each day Mm mm-hmm okay, I'm a guy today. I'm a guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. because that's where I drive your truck. Came from. She's is. one of the riders on that. I drive your truck. And, and she, she has a lot of great cuts, Tim McGraw cuts and, and other stuff. She's just a great writer and she can write great female songs, but she can also write great male songs. And there's just more chance of success. I mean, she knows that she's getting yeah. cuts and I'm not saying that's all you should do. And Johnny's not saying that either. It's just, to me, the bar is a little bit higher. Just for one thing, I'm not a female, so I don't have as many of those 
point of view. You know, it's not my natural point of view, obviously. So yeah, the room kind of has to be right. And the idea has to be right. And something that's like, okay, this is, this is strong. This is really cool. This can open some doors and, and move things forward. You know, if we nail this song. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, just it. Like, just get in, just, you know, wear the same suit, wear the same outfit, be on the same team, do what you got to do just to start making some relationships. And then, and then you can start digging in a little bit more and you'll have some leverage, but right now you need to get in, you know, and the mm-hmm. best way to get in is to cast the biggest net. We've talked about that with recording demos, like sometimes just changing the feel a little bit or, or changing the phrasing on that vocal where it sits in the pocket. You know, I can go two different ways here, you know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just gets an, another opportunity, another look at it. And that's what, we're just intentional about it with the numbers and the understanding, like math, knock, knock, knock. That's math. Yeah. And play the math. And I would say too, like you're going to be better off if you come in the door writing amazing female songs and proving that you can also write good male songs versus just coming in writing amazing female songs, like showing that you can do male songs. Like, okay, I can dribble with my left hand too. I got another skill set. I'm not just this one thing just because a publisher or someone's going to be like, okay, I'm going to put you in any room and you can write good. I can pitch your songs to males and females. It's not just like, okay, well we got to get her female cuts. Otherwise she's not going to get any cuts because she only does this. So, so one more thing, let's just take all the, what you got to do to get in the game out of it. Let's say you're in the game. Let's say you're at the top of the mm-hmm. game. If all you're doing is writing female songs, how well are you living compared to Ashley Gorley? <laughs> Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, even if you had all the relationships and you could get your songs cut by anybody or whatever, if you're only writing female songs, you're two out of 15 right now. Yeah. You're intentionally suffering from just a business standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Something to think about. That's all. Yeah. If Henry Ford just still decided to only make black cars. Yeah. And people want other colors as well. But overall, we're talking artist co-writes, majority, positive love songs, majority, majority mid-tempo, majority me singing to you. And in all of them in the moment and majority males artist. So that's kind of the big takeaway on that. And I try to do this every once in a while and, and try to, what I teach on the blog at songwritingpro.com. What I share here at the climb is, is based on what's working success. I've had success. Other people are having it's, it's built to try and help you turn pro in your mind and in your behavior before you ever turn pro on paper. And so if you want to dive into that stuff, if you want more of this content, if it's helpful to you, then I have a gift for you. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It's my free ebook. You can get it at giftfrombrent.com. Giftfrombrent.com. It talks about ways to get to a music publisher. It talks about how pros know who's looking for songs. It talks about a whole bunch of stuff, but it's a free ebook. Just tell me where to send it. We send it right out to you. It also puts you on the Songwriting Pro Insiders list so you know about events we have coming up where you have an opportunity to get in front of a legit music publisher, like literally face-to-face from anywhere in the world, or to events that are going to help, help you build a hit. That sort of stuff. So that's a gift from Brent.com. And the ebook is Think Like a Pro Songwriter. There you go. All that's right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer song title challenge. You know, not for nothing, we should put this on the calendar and do one of these, this exact exercise, like every 90 days. We should, because it's, it's good for me to go in and just kind of make myself get that granular on it. Okay. So I'm giving you homework. Just do that. Put it on the calendar. This drops. You know what date this is going to drop on. Mm-hmm. Take that date and then 90 days out put it on there and then ping yourself like a month in advance or something on your little calendar, on your phone or on your iPhone, like mm-hmm. I have and, and say, okay, I gotta, I gotta start putting this together because we need to be in advance of it. But I think that's really interesting. We need to do that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, awesome. All right, guys. So join the client community. If you haven't done it, subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done it yet, everything comes right down into your, wherever you consume podcasts, take 30 seconds, leave a rating and review and tell a friend about it. Put it up on social media. If there's an episode you love, tell people about it. Help us help you. We're here because this this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.